Hello, this is Austin Bridges welcoming you to the LL Research Law of One podcast. This is episode number 103. LL Research is a nonprofit dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community. And towards this end, we have two websites. We have the library website at llresearch.org, and we have the community website at bringforth.org. I am joined today as always by Jim McCarty and Gary Bean. In this podcast, we discuss spiritual topics through the lens of the Law of One and our own spiritual and personal experiences. We hope only to offer a resource and to provide discussion and not to present ourselves as authorities with the final word on these subjects. So please exercise your utmost discernment while you listen to us ramble on. We sometimes choose topics sent in by uh, seekers. And so if you have any uh, questions or suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover, uh, feel free to send it in. You can email us at contact at llresearch.org or you can go to www.llresearch.org slash podcast for further instructions. Again, I am Austin and you are listening to the LL Research Law of One podcast. Gary and Jim, are we ready to go? Ready. Yep. All right. So today, uh, the topic was chosen by me, and I figured we could go back to the basics a little bit and talk about the very basic foundational topic of polarity as discussed in the law of one i know we talk about polarity a decent amount by touching on it and talking about other topics but i've realized we've never spent an episode talking about polarity and we've never like really gotten to dive in deep and discuss the concept of polarity at length so i thought it was one of those topics that's it's so central to the law of one we don't get to dive deep on it very often so it would be worth it to spend a podcast talking about it so in order to do that, I think it's good to just lay a quick, easy foundation first of what I think most listeners might already be familiar with, but just so that we're all on the same page. Um, maybe, Jim, if you could give us like a really quick overview of the basic idea of polarity, like what are the two polarities and why they're relevant? Well, the two polarities are service to others and service to self. And in the positive sense, if we can be 51% successful in using our thoughts, our words, and our deeds in a positive sense, then we can graduate to the fourth density of love and understanding. However, the negative entity needs to be 95% successful in separating itself from others and controlling them in order to be able to make that same harvest into the fourth density. It's like a car battery with positive and negative poles. We need to move towards one pole or the other in our lives for them to go anywhere. If we stay in the middle of the two poles, our cars, our incarnations don't go anywhere. They're stuck in what Ra called the sinkhole of indifference. <laughs> like the car battery and a stalled out car is a good analogy. Did you have any additional thoughts on the basics of polarity, Gary? basics uh i would just say briefly that <clears throat> polarity is an essential feature of the universe itself you know it's 
uh, seems to exist and everything manifest in terms of having opposing or opposite qualities that are also complementary and interacting with one another. The polarity we are focusing on this podcast and with what is a central feature of third density and the law of one is polarity and consciousness, whereby the third density entity is absolutely required to choose one of two poles, as Jim mentioned, service to self or service to others. And um, that choice with a capital C involves polarizing themselves, their, their consciousness itself, biasing it in one direction or another. And um, that is the function and purpose of this grade in the curriculum, so to speak. But yeah, I'll stop there. Yeah, it's such a fundamental concept in the law of one, and it's such a focus because we are in the third density, and the third density is supposedly specifically designed to get us to polarize towards either service to self or service to others, and as Gary said, make that choice. And basically, the rest of our journey through the universe and the higher densities is kind of predicated on the choice that we make here in third density. So a lot of the sort of experience of the creator is basically formed within our experience here in third density. And we kind of carry that momentum forward. Um, The second question I had is kind of a broad one. I don't know if you have any thoughts to share on it, Gary. It was, um, why do we have to polarize? Do you have any uh, thoughts on that one? I certainly do. Well, please share. Mm. Well, first, a little bit more fundamentally, if I can backtrack a moment. Uh, In 93.3, Don is asking Ra if there are any alternative definitions for polarity other than these very technical terms that Ra has uh, bequeathed to us the world, service to others and service to self. Ra says, it's unlikely because of you, I'm paraphrasing, because of your people's propensity to see philosophy in terms of ethics or activity. You know, that is in terms of how you value, um, how you make value judgments, how you relate to other people, what you do in the world, how you manifest yourself and so forth. But there seems to be a more fundamental understanding of polarity that Ra then goes on to offer in 93.3, where they say, you could see polarity like you do the physical, literal polarity of the magnet with a positive and negative pole, whereby neither can be judged good or bad. It's just you know, their intrinsic uh, nature. So when we polarize our consciousness and then the segue into the why question we don't just uh have an or rather we're not just outwardly doing something or relating to other people whether loving and accepting them or controlling them though that is one it seems to be one of the primary mechanisms by which we polarize our consciousness more fundamentally we are working on our natures themselves um, we are becoming, uh, we are changing our consciousness to be 
positive or to be negative. And I use those words in this context without meaning good or bad, but positive and negative in the polarized sense uh, that is uh, woven throughout the law of one, but why? Why do we have to do this? Uh, this connects. Austin is going to have a question about what Ra means regarding how polarity allows us to develop the potential to do work in a couple questions. And the why question ties into the work question too. Um, but the why question, I for my own answer, I can, my only recourse is to fall back on what Ra said was the uh, history of our particular octave, because our octave or universe or creation did not begin with a veil, and therefore did not have uh, at least manifested the service to self polarity. And in that situation, it seems to be, according to Ra's historical retelling or retelling of the history, that third density entities simply weren't doing their homework. They weren't developing the will and the faith necessary to consciously pursue their evolution and open the gateway to evolution and make use of the third density environment and uh, enjoy higher intensities of light and therefore progress, you know, move forward and graduate into the fourth density. So um, the Logoi at the time um, got into a huddle <laughs> and decided that they would, they would experiment and they would create the veil just long story, another time. <laughs> and uh, thanks to this experiment called the veil, the service to self polarity was born, um, contrasted against a service to others polarity. And that situation seemed to be the secret sauce. It was the recipe that motivated, prompted and sparked third density entities to do their homework to develop will and faith to pursue their evolution and successfully learn the lessons of the third density and move forward uh, in the state where they weren't doing their work. Ra described it as one of um, a total security akin to the fetus in the womb connected by way to the mother of the umbilical cord. There was no, no love that was too important. There was no fear that was too frightening. I'm paraphrasing. And they were just blissed out and content in my read of that prevail situation. So th that's a synopsis of the best I can get to the why. It just wasn't working before polarity, it seems. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, another prompt I had in a couple of questions, I think it makes more sense to rearrange uh, the questions if I have, as I have them. So um, after this topic, I think it's best to go to that one about what Ra meant about work. But before we do that, uh, Jim, did you have any additions to Gary's thoughts about why we polarize? Well, 
uh, of course, we need to polarize our consciousness in service to others if we're positive entities in order to uh, make the graduation or the harvest into the fourth density of love and understanding. Because, as you mentioned a little earlier, that choice then becomes what Ra called the axis upon which the creation turns as we continue to refine our third density choice for millions of years into the fourth, fifth, and sixth densities. Now, also, all of this is really happening, I believe, so that the creator can know itself. And when there was no veil, there was little opportunity for the creator to know more of itself because the progression was so slow through third density. They had to repeat it so many times. So really, the veil and the polarization is our gift to the creator to help it know itself. And it's also the creator's gift to us to help us know ourselves as the creator. So it's a, I guess you'd say it's a win-win situation. <laughs> and um, you can thank the creator, and I'm pretty sure the creator thanks us too. Thank you, creator. Um, <laughs> we, uh, the question of why is obviously can have a lot of layers. So there's the most basic layer of why do we have to polarize and one answer is essentially, you know, it's the way that Ross said things work and it's how the universe seems to work. So we do it. And then there's another, if you go deeper, you can say, well, why does it work that way? And I think that's like the harder question to really get at. As Ross said, all begins and ends in mystery. So why is it that the universe works this way that we as conscious beings have to polarize in order to progress in our journey, you know, from and to back to the creator. So, um, I think that's hard to really pin down. I think Gary was touching a little bit on that. The fact that the universe is kind of built upon a concept of polarity, you know, most things within the physical world within physics exist within some sort of tension of polarity. A lot of what we understand is the universe is built upon polarized ideas or polarized concepts manifested in the physical form. So I sense that there's something to that and that uh, Ra described even in a previous octave, you know, where we're in our present octave of seven densities, we're exploring this particular polarity. They described a harvest of polarities from the previous octave that they described as the mover and the moved. And I see that as essentially something that is like a foundation to even the physics of our current universe is maybe that previous polarity. So I'm sensing or maybe wondering if polarity is what we explore in each octave and there's a new sort of polarity that's explored in the octave and like this new type of experience for the creator to have. And I think then that kind of starts to relate to the question uh, number four that I had sent you guys that we'll go ahead and get to now and what Ra means by um, the purpose of polarity being the potential to do work. Um, and that is essentially what Ra said was the purpose of polarity was the potential to do work. So uh, Gary, do you have any thoughts about why Ra said that and what that means? 
I was trying to allow myself the impossible, inconceivable experiment of imagining a new layer of polarity in the next octave. (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I'm not imaginative enough. Probably uh, no one is, however wild and creative they are. So, yeah, the potential to develop the potential to do work. um, I think we would be most aided in this question if we had somebody on the podcast who had a deeper understanding of physics and electromagnetic electromagnetism. I mean, maybe you guys can fill in that gap a little bit, but I can't because uh, the word work that Ra uses is a physics term. I think that's what they mean, though it may have other connotations when applied to consciousness or it does, I should say, have other connotations. Uh, Nonetheless, it would be most illuminating to have somebody with uh, some greater training in these sciences. But uh, I did a quick super layman search and uh, force into physics seems to be defined in in my most elementary terms as a force which causes an object to move or be displaced. Uh, work you accidentally said force there work is force a force that causes a object to be misplaced right right sorry (laughs) thanks these blind spots when i talk sometimes i don't realize that i'm saying one thing and meaning something else i always speak perfectly so i can't relate (laughs) that's why you're great to spot lift me there (laughs) when i'm using my mouth to make words so starting or drawing a little bit on, on that, that definition, one way I see that polarity develops. <clears throat> well, sorry, let me expand that definition from its physic roots in physics to consciousness itself. And I would very roughly approximate work in consciousness as the power and ability to to move, to do work in consciousness, to not be uh, apathetic or stagnant or static or inert. So why is it, though, that the polarity develops this potential? Why does it motivate us? And um, one analogy that came to mind in trying to grasp the, the, the why question, and that's to consider what constitutes nearly all of our stories, whether it's a, a movie or book or an oral tale, it seems that conflict is central to a story for um, grabbing our attention, for causing mental, emotional, physiological changes in us. Um, We are most moved by and informed by and inspired by uh, stories and stories again seem to have conflict. So there is something about opposing forces interacting with one another that um, causes work 
And here again is a great insert for the scientist or the physicist, whereby they could explain how electricity works through polarity and creates power and movement and energy and so forth. But as it applies to we complicated human beings, it seems that um, polarity offers uh, gives us reason to excel and to do our homework. It gives us motivation and desire, and this work creates a situation whereby we are biasing our consciousness, and we, as a consciousness unit, as a system, have a greater charge, a greater power, and therefore a greater ability and purpose and direction to move and to do things. <laughs> And um, in, in this power that we accrue positively or negatively, you know, in surrender or in uh, theft from others, we may, instead of those who are in the sinkhole, what Ra calls, um, Ra says that those truly helpless are those who have not consciously chosen, you know, who have not made the choice of polarity, but who repeat patterns without knowledge of the repetition or meaning of the pattern. So this work that we're doing is to become conscious of the patterns, to self-reflect, to understand ourselves on both paths, negative and positive, are seeking to understand themselves. And they won't be sucked into the gravity of seeking convenience and comfort necessarily, you know, not that being comfortable is wrong, um, but they ultimately push comes to shove will make a choice to promote and continue their polarity, regardless of convenience or comfort. It's all nebulously part of this package of work that I'm circling around, but I think that's what I've got for now. Thank you. Um, I think I, in the question, as I stated it, it may not have been clear necessarily to the listener, the quote that we're basing this on. And just for a little bit of context, it is in a 7824. Don's asking some general questions about polarity and Ra just gives a very basic sentence to give some background and just says pretty plainly, the purpose of polarity is to develop the potential to do work. So that's what we're talking about. And then there's more in the material about work and polarity and how they relate. Um, so that's the concept that we're exploring in this question. Uh, Jim, did you have any additional thoughts to Gary's? Well, a little bit. Um, Don actually asked uh, Ra about uh, work and consciousness. He said, uh, then the concept of service to self or service to others is mandatory if we wish to have work, whether it be work in consciousness or work in the mechanical or Newtonian concept in the physical. Is this correct? And Ra said, this is correct with one addendum. The coil, as you may understand this term, is wound, is potential, is ready. The thing that is missing without polarizing is the charge. So polarizing is the charge that gives us the ability to do work in consciousness. 
And what I think that Ra might be talking about in work and consciousness is that all of the creation is made of the consciousness of love. Each of us is a part of that consciousness. And when we do work in consciousness, we're moving into larger and larger understanding and expressing of that consciousness of love for others and the creator in all entities and things. Because when the free will of the creator focused through that love to make the creation out of light, then the entire creation was formed of love slash light or light slash love. So work in consciousness is simply another way of saying that we're choosing a polarity of positive or negative charge so that we can move along our evolutionary path, our spiritual journeys. We can discover more of what the creator is. The creator has more knowledge of what it is. And we have more knowledge of us and the creator, as I said before. So it's a, it's a, it's a lifelong and uh, millions of years of lives long journey that we're upon. And it's a continual processing of catalyst of one kind or another to help us move along this journey. Yeah, I really like both of your answers. I think they're also quite related in a way. I really like the grounding it in the sort of um, infinite consciousness of love that we are existing within, Jim, and taking the concept that Gary talked about in physics about uh, work basically being force applied to an object to move it. Uh, it is kind of like, you know, polarity is that force that moves us into love, uh, essentially, that we as aspects of the creator have, you know, been sort of cast into an illusion where it seems we're separate from love. And then polarity is what then kind of dispels that illusion to help us bring us, move us closer to love. And I think that this is such a central concept and part of the reason uh, why it is sort of foundational for our experience, because it, it seems like there is something particularly about polarizing as opposed to other types of experience that is sort of essential for the creator. Um, one hint that I get is from a question, it's a 20.9. And Don uh, finishes his question by saying, I am assuming that in consciousness, without such polarity, there would be no action or experience. Is this correct? And Ra says, this is correct. You may use the general term work. And so Don specifically says uh, action or experience, which seems to hint to me that the experience of polarizing is predicated or the experience of the creator the what the creator is wanting by uh you know casting the spell upon itself to create the illusion to have experience and experience itself is sort of based upon the idea of polarity and the fact that we have to polarize in order for the creator to then gain the experience that it wants i'm not sure why uh, somebody who is not polarizing, let's say somebody who is within what Ra calls the sinkhole of indifference and is not polarizing within third density. Why is that experience of the illusion less essential for the creator than if we polarize? I'm not sure. It could just be because that represents being stuck and it becomes a repeating pattern that doesn't 
elevate and doesn't continue on and doesn't uh, complete its journey back to the creator. But um, it seems like to me that there's just something essential about the nature of creation that in order for the creator to experience itself, polarity is a necessary ingredient for that. And so that is uh, the you know, axis upon which the creation turns, as, as Jim said. And I see this idea of movement also manifested in other descriptions that Ra gives about the nature of the creation and the creator, um, such as they're talking about this concept of work in session 27. And in 27.5, Ra says, there is unity. This unity is all that there is. This unity has a potential and a kinetic. The potential is intelligent infinity. Tapping this potential will yield work. This work has been called by us intelligent energy. The nature of this work is dependent upon the particular distortion of free will, which in turn is the nature of a particular intelligent energy or kinetic focus of the potential of unity or that which is all. And then later, um, in just the next question, uh, another good quote that sort of gives you a hint about what work is and why we need to polarize. They say, uh, in reference to intelligent infinity, as we use this term, it is universal in application. Intelligent infinity has a rhythm or flow as a giant heart beginning with the central sun, as you would think or conceive of this. The presence of the flow inevitable as a tide of beingness without polarity, without finity, the vast and silent all beating outward, outward, focusing outward and inward until the focuses are complete. The intelligence or consciousness of foci have reached a state where their, shall we say, spiritual nature or mass calls them inward, inward, inward until all is coalesced. This is the rhythm of reality as you spoke. So I'm getting a picture of the creator sort of as an outward and inward flow. And that is the manifestation of the creator created to uh, experience itself. And us polarizing as conscious beings is essentially tapping that potential flow back inward, back towards the coalesced creator in order to, you know, bring the creation back into the creator. So um, in this flow of the creator outward and inward, us polarizing is essentially just recognizing that flow, recognizing that essential nature of the creator and sort of helping it to complete itself in a sense. And that's uh, how I also see both of your answers sort of pointing to that. Um, do you have any extra thoughts on that, Gary? Yeah, I really liked where you went with it and want to add just a nuance that sparked in my head. You were wondering aloud, like, why is it, would it be less sufficient to be in the sinkhole or why is it that the creator would desire that the entity not remain in the sinkhole indefinitely? And then you brought in the out beating heart and inward beating heart, um, you know, involution and evolution. And I had an idea that, or I had a sense 
or a notion that you know, the creator has undifferentiated intelligent infinity before, if I can use this term, before there was a manifest creation. You know, the, there was no second, there was no subject and object. There was no way for the creator to know itself, but nevertheless, somehow the creator determined that it would know itself. So it manifested the creation by way of the primal three distortions. And it sent itself out into this medium of space and time with whereby every part of itself was endowed with free will and had a mission. Uh, you know, experience this curriculum, discover who you are, uh, change your nature, or rather, you know, change by discovering your nature and come back to me, so to speak. You know, go gain this experience, learn about yourself, interact, and then come back to me. And Ra calls that the action, the return beating heart. Uh, they say it is a systematic reabsorption, quote unquote. So um, if the entities have gone out into the illusion and they're stuck in the dream, you know, they're just looping as dream entities through dream patterns, then they're not uh, coming back, so to speak. They're just kind of statically stuck at, the, at this space in the sinkhole when the whole trajectory and goal and objective is to um, not stay permanently <laughs> insofar as time makes sense in the dream, but to wake up from the dream and to harvest their experience and then to gift that experience back to the creator at the gateway density when they are reabsorbed once again and lose all sense of history and separate identity and so forth. But anyway, just some speculation there. Yeah, that uh, that makes sense. Um, Jim, did you have any further thoughts on that? Yeah, I have one little quick one. Um, along that same line, I think that the difference between those who do not polarize and those who do is that the experience of those who do polarize gives the creator a more vivid experience, a more intense experience, and greater variety. So I think that it just makes... Uh, the party more fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was thinking that too that there's uh you know if we're stuck in a single level of existence if we're repeating third density over and over again that limits the types of experiences that we can have to just that you know spectrum <laughs> and sure there's an infinite variety within that spectrum but i feel like of course you once you reach a new spectrum within fourth density that creates a new infinite variety of experience and so it seems like that is sort of one of the keys to why this is how it is is that you know there is more variety there's more experience to be had if we polarize and i also really like that you rooted it in the nature of love as the essential component of the creation and that polarizing is essentially you know, attempting to find that love and to uh, recognize, honor, and embody that love um, and realize the truth of that love. Because that is, you know, the central message of the law of one. This is a very obscure thing that we're talking about. It's very abstract in the way we talk about our consciousness and how it relates to the universe. I think it makes a lot more sense when you can say uh, it's all sort of based around love and choosing love. And that's the central part of that message. 
um, for the positive entity. So to sort of bring it back down and ground it a little bit and uh, remove the abstract discussion about cosmology, um, let's talk about how we polarize as third density beings in third density. Uh, how do we go about polarizing, Jim? Well, we make choices. Um, and as we go through our life experience, if we are conscious that we're on a spiritual journey, then the choices we make have something to do with sharing that love in a way that you might say is unconditional and freely given that we we have thoughts, we have actions, and we have deeds. And if we can imbue all of those with that love, then we are sharing the very basic nature of creation with everyone around us. And they are also the creator. And we're giving more experience to the creator. And we're polarizing our consciousness. The more we can do that, Ross said 51%. You know, of our thoughts, our words, and our deeds, if they're based in love, then we get to graduate. We get to go on to the fourth density and continue on this journey of discovering how love is the basic feature of all the creation. And in the fourth density, we begin to understand it. Right now, we're uh, giving our best uh, grasp of it and uh, hopefully coming close. But if we can give our best effort to share love with everything we do, think, and, and, and are, and act, then that's the deal. That's the deal. It's the dance. It's uh, the rhythm. It's the music. It's the beat. It's the heart. Everything. It's uh, love. That's it. <laughs> uh, Gary, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, that's really what Jim was describing as the center of the bullseye. You can't can talk about polarity you can't do the dance called polarity in your own life without um without focusing on love but in my um i presume your question about how do we polarize we're not going to talk about the dark arts here <laughs> about how we polarize negatively which would still include love just it's uh omission or rather it can be called love of self that uh, seeks to close down the heart and not exercise universal love or love of other people and things. So uh, how, do, how do we polarize? I guess for either path would include avoid, avoiding rather non-use of catalyst. So avoiding, uh, actually, let me stick to the positive polarity because I think Yes, the negative polarity does intentionally repress in order to bring through that which was repressed in a controlled way. So sticking to the positive polarity, avoid non-use of catalysts by avoiding repression of our experiences. <sighs> That's a topic to discuss. Maybe you'll want to dive into that, Austin. Um, avoiding distraction, and I don't mean like, <laughs> we are so overwhelmed in this world um, that uh, I, speaking for myself, distraction, 
distraction is uh, essential sometimes. I need to uh, turn off a bit. But just as a general trend uh, in your life, if that becomes a priority, that an entity is just seeking to distract itself and not consciously reflect upon what it's thinking and feeling, how it's relating to others, the mirroring it's getting back from others, what its desires are, what its motivations are, etc. cetera, um, then one is going to also avoid polarizing. And, um, and finally, in avoiding non-use of catalysts, uh, talk with others about what matters as part of the process of being a conscious being and self-reflecting. Also, Ra would advise if one seeks the positive polarity to avoid bellicosity, which I understand to be a mindset that's inclined toward hostility, aggressiveness, eagerness to fight, and ultimately our one of our planet's favorite pastimes, war. And uh, Ra says that one can even polarize very strongly positively by the expression of universal love at, quote, the total expense of any involvement in bellicose actions. Um, funny enough, Mel Gibson made uh, a good movie. Oh, it takes place during Vietnam. And it's this past person who's a pacifist who nevertheless serves in war, but as a medic, and he refuses to pick up a weapon. It's kind of inspiring. And it has made me wonder about that entity's polarity because it seemed highly positive. Um, I saw Ridge, right? Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Uh, well, I have seen parts of it. I just wanted to rip, make sure we got the title if anybody's interested. Yeah, thanks. It's kind of got some aspects of Gibson's usual sadism, but it's... <laughs> focused on a very what i perceive to be green ray entity who does not you know shoot at anybody um ra the the positive polarity is also defined by its desire as best as possible to avoid infringement upon free will how does it do that um a couple key principles as i understand it one is to serve only insofar as the service is requested. This could be one for your number five question. What are some misunderstandings? Um, yeah, I'm going to table that. What does it mean? What does the request mean? But um, be sensitive to the request. And this is in contrast to the negative polarity, which calls itself to service. And Ra gives a name to that. And they call that conquest. And um, how else do we avoid infringement? Ra has a good few quotes that are actually on the head, nail on the head for empathy without using the word empathy. Ra says, quote, be each entity which one attempts to serve. And by doing so, that will simplify the grasp of what is, quote, necessary or possible. Also, be aware of other self as self. So in other words, like stand in somebody else's shoes, listen to them, understand their universe. Um, in talking about Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Ra also describes the only 
reference that I can think of where they mention where they describe specifically or explicitly the positive use of power, and they say that this entity was getting off track with his uh, thirst for power. Damn it! <laughs> um, but he, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, kind of returned to his pre-incarnational programming through the non-abusive use of power, which Ra also calls the universal or idealic, uh, idealistic use of power. So power isn't inimical to the positive polarity, just as it isn't to the negative. But as with both polarities, there's diametrically opposite uses of power. And one way to look at positive use of power, that would make a good podcast is to see it as a non-abusive use of power. And then all those other um, beautiful, wonderful qualities that one associates with love and the positive polarity, uh, harmony, kindness. Ra calls the positive polarity radiant. Positive entities shine. And ultimately, you know, the more the heart is activated and opened and cleared, the more free that shining is without expectation of return. And this is what I love about polarizing positively. It takes one outside of the, the technical terminology, and that's that joy is intrinsic to the positive polarity. I doubt few positive entities just exist in a, a joyless state 24-7. I think that is called enlightenment and is actually an, an available state of consciousness. But um, for a lot of us, there's sorrow and suffering However, there is still uh, joy, joy in being with others and sharing with others and giving your gift to others and the whole and, and, and the buzz that one feels when they, when they serve others. And um, finally, the positive polarity is sensitive to the suffering of others and wants to alleviate that suffering as best as possible without infringement on, on free will. And underpinning it all is will and faith. Both polarities require self-determination. They require work. And the, the master value for the positive path is, as Jim was describing, love and acceptance. I think most of what I just rambled on about would could be folded into those words, love and acceptance. Yeah, that's a, a great segue, love and acceptance for what I had in mind. Um, I think basically uh, what you're describing um, is that all of these are like ideals to work towards in our lifetime, that these are uh, actions and behaviors to work towards. And I think it's really important in order to polarize, to understand like what does it look like for a positive entity who is polarizing how do they exist in this world um and uh acceptance uh, as you were saying is what ross says is the key to the positively polarized use of catalyst and that to me is sort of the essentially just baseline teaching of like how do we use third density and acceptance is the key uh, to catalyst and catalyst itself being another like central teaching of the law of one that is essential for understanding polarity and what it is we're doing here in third density. And I think 
one really good example of how we polarize, especially in terms of relating to catalyst, which catalyst is essentially anything we experience, but particularly anything that stands out to us. Uh, and particularly, I'd say difficult experiences, traumatizing experiences, uh, difficult emotions, things that just sort of take over our consciousness. These things are kind of asking us to apply our will in order to polarize to them. So uh, Ra gives a really good example in talking about anger. And I'll read the full response from Ra. And they're basically talking about here how anger, if it is unutilized as catalyst, can contribute to uh, cancerous growth in the body. And what Ra says is, uh, the entity polarizing positively perceives the anger. This entity, if using this catalyst mentally, blesses and loves this anger in itself. It then intensifies this anger consciously in the mind alone until the folly of this red ray energy is perceived, not as folly in itself, but as energy subject to spiritual entropy due to the randomness of energy being used. Positive orientation then provides the will and faith to continue this mentally intense experience of letting anger be understood, accepted, and integrated with the mind-body-spirit complex. The other self, which is the object of anger, is thus transformed into an object of acceptance, understanding, and accommodation, all being reintegrated using the great energy which anger began. The negatively oriented mind body spirit complex will use this anger in a similarly conscious fashion refusing to accept the undirected or random energy of anger and instead through will and faith funneling this energy into a practical means of venting the negative aspect of this emotion so as to obtain control over other self and otherwise control the situation causing anger Control is the key to negatively polarized use of catalyst. Acceptance is the key to positively polarized use of catalyst. Between these polarities lies the potential for this random and undirected energy creating a bodily complex analog of what you call the cancerous growth of tissue. So that to me is just a prime example of how a positively and negatively oriented entity use catalyst in any sense in order to polarize. And they're talking about anger there specifically, but I think that that's essentially any catalyst. Uh, the positive entity is going to perceive the reaction it has towards whatever it is, whether it's anger, whether it's frustration, impatience, or even some positive emotions. Ross says that those are also valuable for balancing ourselves. And the positive entity will hold these things and let them exist within them and accept them as part of the self and not try to control them, but try to just integrate them as part of the whole being that we are and accept everything as an aspect of ourselves and as an, as an aspect of the creator. And that is the most useful you know, uh, description of how to polarize that I can think of. Um, Jim, did you have any further thoughts? Well, just one little one, I guess, a quick one. Um, all of these are very important concepts. And I'm sure that all of our listeners and 
all spiritual seekers around the world try to use them to the best of their ability. However, there are times in everyone's life when difficulties become predominant, when we are confused at what to do, which way to go. And my advice would be, when in doubt, love. Become that love that is in every moment. Thank you. Um, Gary, did you have any final thoughts on how to polarize? Uh, thanks, Jim. That was um, powerful sharing. I appreciate it. And um, one final thing that I would add is that I think you know, the law of one or Ra rather places a pretense, pretense, a premium on uh, losing pretense, on showing up authentically. And uh, they even describe the greatest way of being of service to others uh, and being. <laughs> They describe that one of the greatest ways to be of service to others is to share the love of the creator as it is known to the self. So just be who you are. And that may not be a shiny, happy you on a given day. Uh, it may be the sorrowful you, or like Jim was describing, the confused you. So you, you share that honestly uh, with another. And just as you seek to be non-judgmental toward others, you um, definitely, if you seek to polarize positively, ought to apply the same non-judgment to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I think um, as you're both talking about, you know, this is a very difficult school that we are in on earth, particularly. Um, I think having patience for the self and acceptance for the self when we try our best and we don't know what to do and uh, we seem to stumble on our path i think it's really important to recognize that we can always try and we can always do better but that we can't judge ourselves harshly when we fail because that is just part of the process that we're in it is sort of intended in third density that we are going to fail. And I think before we move on to the next question, you've both sort of prompted me to think of two really good central quotes from Ra that I think describe how one polarizes. One related to what you were saying, Jim, um, Don is asking for uh, practices or exercises to perform to produce an acceleration towards the law of one. And that acceleration makes me think of what we were talking about with work and how it's a force applied to make something move. And the first exercise that Ra gives, Ra says, exercise one, this is the most nearly centered and usable within your illusion complex. The moment contains love. That is the lesson slash goal of this illusion or density. The exercise is to consciously seek that love and awareness and understanding distortions. And I think that sort of as Jim was saying, you know, if all else fails, if nothing else makes sense, you can rest in the faith that the moment contains love. Like Ross says that as a definitive statement, there's no question about that. And the exercise is to seek it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to find it, but having faith that it's there and 
doing your best to find it within yourself. Um, you know, I've come to interpret that quote as being that the moment as it is contains love because you are perceiving it and you have within you the capacity to tap love and to view anything with love. And then the other quote is one that Gary referenced directly that I think is just worth reiterating because it is, um, I think my favorite quote from the whole material and Don is again asking if there's, you know, a best way to be of service to others. And uh, Ra responds, the best way of service to others is the constant attempt to seek and share the love of the creator as it is known to the inner self. This involves self-knowledge and the ability to open the self to the other self without hesitation. This involves, shall we say, radiating that which is the essence or the heart of the mind-body-spirit complex. And that kind of opens up another route of how to polarize, and that's uh, self-knowledge and understanding yourself. And that's part of what Catalyst is for, is to help us understand our own natures, which as we dive deeper, we'll come to realize is love. And uh, that self-knowledge then kind of naturally results in our ability to share love and polarize positively. So uh, we are focusing a lot on the positive path as positive seekers, but a question that comes up a lot for positive seekers, because it is, just seems so antithetical to what we understand as creation, is why is the negative path a viable path uh, to the creator? Um, if unity is the essence of creation, why can negative entities advance on their own path. Uh, Gary, do you want to get us started on that one? Yeah, this is a damn stumper. <laughs> um, I, I think the question of, not that it's called this in the law of one, but um, as it's commonly called evil or darkness or the intentional, the deliberate creating of suffering for others, I think that's one of the central questions that either absolutely makes or breaks faith. Uh, and it is the central question that religions as well try to grapple with, with varying degrees of non-success. In fact, I think it's a law of one that offers the most uh, sophisticated and ele elegant solution if it can be called that, to this central problem of human existence. And I would start not by actually answering the why question, but by just first hitting on a few quotes from Ra that indicate that it is the case that negative entities can progress or move forward in evolution. And unfortunately, I did not record the numbers but they say of the negative polarity that those which have chosen the service to self path have simply used the veiling process in order to potentiate that which is not. This is an entirely acceptable method of self-knowledge of and by the creator. Ra says also that the, in 715, the law of one blinks neither at the light or the darkness, but is available for service to others and service to self. And they, Ross says, uh, those seeking intelligent infinity through the use of service to self create the same amount of power as those of the positive polarity. 
Ra goes on to talk about how spiritual entropy, however, is a difficulty for those guys. And two more shortish ones. Ra says, it should be noted, carefully pondered, and accepted. We should accept this, Ra says, that the law of one is available to any social memory complex which has decided to strive together for any seeking of purpose, be it service to others or service to self. The laws, which are the primal distortions of the law of one, then are placed into operation and the illusion of space-time is used as a medium for the development of the results of those choices freely made. Thus all entities learn, no matter what they seek, all learn the same, some rapidly, some slowly. And then finally, Ra says, those who seek to serve the self are seen by the law of one as precisely the same as those who seek to serve others. For are all not one. To serve yourself and to serve other is a dual method of saying the same thing. If you can understand the essence of the law of one. So that last quote gives me opportunity for the greatest headway that I can make into the question of why it is that a negative entity can move forward in their evolution. I mean, think about that. A negative, somebody who enslaves other people, breaks them, steals their energy, hurts other people, creates misery and disharmony and pain and suffering that person can graduate. They can uh, achieve, uh, they can win the game, so to speak, at least for a time before they have to give it all up. But that's a long way off from our standpoint. And uh, from you know, my human perspective, that's a sad and cruel situation. It's only the larger perspective made possible thanks to the zoomed out view afforded to us in the metaphysics of the law of one that it uh, makes any kind of sense to me and I can find any kind of peace with it. But uh, to that last quote, where Ra says, you know, service to others and service to self are seen by the law of one is precisely the same thing for are all not one. So like this is a little simple metaphor that kind of offers some illusion, uh, illumination to me as to why the negative path is viable. And that's like the creator is... At the, at the stage of intelligent infinity before the primal distortions are born, there is no creation. There's what we might see as nothing. I don't know what Ra calls a whatever infinity is. That's all that there is. And there's no illusion of infinity or separation or manyness. But the creator draws on itself to create a, a painting, let's call it of a universe is a very complex painting with space and time and infinite entities and infinite scenarios. And it goes on and on forever. And it's not even three dimensional. It's dimensions I can't even conceive. 
but for the purpose of our metaphor as a painting and the painting is made of the creator and it's got infinite colors in the painting and the painting is alive it has there's characters in the painting who endowed with their own free will are are working their way through their experiences and they're having tons of experiences and the characters within the painting then being made of the creator and being actually in the non-dual holographic understanding of reality the creator in its entirety you know not ultimately separate from the creator they decide to find their way back home by manipulating everybody else in the painting (laughs) or by loving everybody else in the painting and either way they are doing the work they are progressing and they are discovering the they are seeking both forms are seeking the creator because both forms are the creator whether it's the shadowy aspects of the painting or the beautiful light filled aspects of the painting both aspects um, are the creator in its entirety and both are upon a path of self-discovery of recognition of self as the creator it's just the shadowy ones um maximize and potentiate the illusion of separation they find that illusory though it may be there is a great power a dark power in that illusion and they um they take advantage of that and and seek the creator um uh, within themselves and i kind of i start to reach a dead end right about here i think to speak further i'll just be circling over my own thoughts but that's kind of that's about yeah as far as i can make it right now thank you gary um jim what are your thoughts well i think that don went back to basics in 30.1 and made one of the most fascinating extrapolations of why the negative path is viable in the following question. I'm going to make a statement and then let you correct it if I've made any errors. This is a statement. Creation is a single entity or unity. If only a single entity exists, then the only concept of service is service to self. If the single entity subdivides, then the concept of service to one of its parts to the other part is born. From this concept springs the equality of service to self or service to others. It would seem that at the logo subdivided, parts would select each orientation. As the individualized entities emerge in space-time, then I would assume that they have polarity. Is this statement correct? I am wrong. This statement is quite perceptive and correct until the final phrase in which we note that the polarities begin to be explored only at the point when a third density entity becomes aware of the possibility of choice between the concept or distortion of service to self or service to others. This marks the end of what you may call the unselfconscious or innocent phase of conscious awareness. 
I think that's the deal. Don was a pretty smart guy, wasn't he? He was so, amazing. <laughs> Nobody else on this planet could have questioned Rod like Don Hilkins did. He had the experience, he had the intuition, and he had the intelligence. Yeah. He was, he was born for the job. And especially in this context, just in discussing this question, when you reference his question, how he worded things, um, it just really stands out how uniquely his mind was configured to grasp the concepts that Ra was offering. Um, I think both of your answers are uh, really enlightening and Don's uh, answer as well. Um, and I think they touch on my own view essentially similar to the other why question there are basically layers of why like you can say why are negative entities able to continue on the negative path once they realize you know once they exit the third density incarnation and you know the veil is dropped and um that's a good question i think my basic uh understanding is that you know the illusion was necessary for them to begin charging towards that polarity to begin with. And so once they start doing that, they realize that is their path and that is a valid path towards the creator. And so when the veil is dropped, the unity present doesn't influence them to sway from that path because they recognize on some level that they'll make it to the creator doing that. And that is how they want to polarize. And it, as Ra says, the negative polarity gives the negative entity a sense of purpose, just as the positive polarity does to the positive entity. And so, you know, if you can think about how fulfilled you are as a positive entity serving others and how that feels so right to you, there's something about the negative path that feels equally right and equally purposeful to the negative entity. So that's one view. The deeper why I think is just the most baseline, you know, how is it possible that in a creation of unity that a path of separation exists and is a valid path and the closest i can get to it uh using or taking what you know don said that jim referenced is you know we exist in a universe as we were talking about earlier that is sort of built upon the concept of polarity you know in our physics and in our metaphysics it seems like the idea of positive and negative and a tension between those two things is an absolute necessity for the manifestation of what we understand as reality. And uh, another way, an analogy for that is you could say like a, a guitar string. Um, you have on one end uh, of the guitar string, something holding it in place on the other end, something, and like it pulls on that guitar string and creates a tension. And that's the only way that guitar string is going to make a note is if there's a tension. If there's no tension on the guitar string and you strike it, it doesn't do anything. But once you add that tension between the two poles, the guitar string vibrates and creates a note. And so it's necessary for tension to be present for there to be a creation. And so since we exist in a creation where the positive polarity is a possibility, then I think it's just a given that since that is the polarity that the creator is using to experience itself, there has to be the opposite polarity in order for either one to be valid. Like the positive polarity cannot be valid on its own because that does not signify or indicate that there is a spectrum 
that creates the tension for the polarity to exist. If it were only the positive polarity, there would be no tension. The guitar string could not be struck and create a note. And so that seems like the most basic explanation for why is this possible? And it seems like it just has to be possible in order for there to even be the potential for experience for the creator. And so it seems like that's the most simple explanation to me. Um, Gary, do you have any further thoughts on that? No, no. <laughs> okay. I like both your thoughts. Cool. Um, for the sake of time, I think we'll just go ahead and go to the last question that I have uh, listed for us here, which is what are some common misconceptions about polarity? Uh, Gary, do you want to get us started on that one? Yeah, uh, only if we can uh, name this podcast in a clickbaity way and say top 10 misconceptions <laughs> to avoid. <laughs> Number polarity. four will shock you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've uh, seen some along the way. Uh, one that comes to mind is sometimes readers of the material get the notion that they are just going to bypass polarity altogether and transcend it uh, because it's dual it's dualistic and they have gained an idea about the non-dual or unified nature of reality and think that like it's just illusory then to engage in this dualistic way of progressing so i'm going to transcend polarity that does not comport with what my, at least my interpretation of the law of one is which to me says that we must pass through the uh, station of polarity and then uh you know maybe there is a place of total transcendence of polarity if one completely activates the the seventh ray or the eighth and dismantles the veil altogether and as rod describes service to others becomes automatic at that point but that's a merging of the microcosm and the macrocosm and the individual then is speaking i believe as absolute consciousness through a relative form um however that if indeed that is a transcendence of polarity, again, only happens by polarizing only through service to others that the, the gateways are open. Um, and two more come to mind as well, the association of good and bad, or in more moralistic terms, uh, good and evil with the polarities. Um, we all have value systems, of course, that that say that, uh, you know, it's good to help somebody out and it's bad to intentionally lie to somebody in order to deceive them. Like that makes sense. I wouldn't uh, erase those from our value systems. Uh, but as Ra indicates, there is it, no way to judge the polarities from the ultimate perspective not necessarily the, the human perspective, but um, in terms of like, this is bad, this is wrong, this is to be abhorred. 
because as Ra says, as unity contains all in that compassion, it cannot abhor anything. And then um, finally, the pejorative connotations that come with the word polarization most pointedly in the field of politics. You know, polarization in politics leads, as we are witnessing right now, in this particular country, the, what is ultimately an age-old dynamic of um, confusion and uh, conflict and even promotion of violence on either end of the polarized spectrum. Um, so there can be some hesitance about the term polarization as if it is a pejorative, but um, while there are a variety of applications for the term polarization, I think um, polarization in consciousness as Ra and Confederation sources describe it is a unique case of what it means to polarize that does not inherently carry uh, the pejoratives that are laden with the understanding of polarization in politics. Yeah, I think as humans, it's very easy to get caught up on semantics and words um, just because that's how our brains work. It's, you know, our conceptualization of reality is really based on language and so people have reactions to the just the word of polarization and it automatically triggers an implication in their mind that that's uh, duality that is you know what's causing trouble in our polit political system should be avoided and i think that is an understandable reaction but i do think it is a misunderstanding or a misapprehension of the concept of polarity um you know like when you talk about the non-dual ideas the non-dual philosophies then i would say that you know the positive polarity is to the negative polarity what the non-dual concept is to the dual concept and so even the idea of non-duality implies an idea of duality and uh, that is similar to the concept of polarity for me um jim do you have any uh ideas of what might be some misconceptions about polarity i have one that uh the misconception that i've heard most often is that once you've chosen the polarity that it does not need constant reinforcement in our lives as we are more or less effectively processing our catalyst. Carla put it very well in her uh, Living the Law of One 101, The Choice, uh, page 209. She said, as we spend more and more time tabernacling within our open hearts, our experience of life will gradually alter. Living in a state of remembrance of who we truly are, we shall not be so likely to be caught up by passing difficulties. Our resilience will increase as we get used to dealing with life's little and large catastrophes from a point of view, which in part remains always on the game board. Then fixed in the heart full atmosphere, we can remain serene and self-confident, even as we may vary widely in our immediate surface responses to incoming catalysts. Will this happen to us all at once? Usually not. 
The normal process for spiritual evolution is two steps forward, one step back. The creation is set up to test our awareness cyclically. The Confederation does not promise us any sort of once gained permit forever enlightenment. These, their information indicates that we will be working with our catalyst, improving our polarity and our balance right up to our last breath. It will never be effortless to remain in our open hearts, but it will be increasingly easy to do so. Thank you, Jim and Carla. Um, some of my own ideas of misconceptions about polarity have to do with the terminology that Ra uses, uh, service to others and service to self. And I sometimes see people conceive of the idea of service to others as being excluding the self and whether that means they try to embody that ideal of excluding the self or they have an aversion to the idea because they think it means they should exclude themselves um, that is not necessarily what i see as ra's uh what ra's trying to say with that and as a uh, Gary referenced earlier in the episode, you know, they gave alternative ways to look at polarity. And one of them was instead of service to others and service to self, it was radiation and absorption. And essentially what I see is radiation and service to others. Radiation doesn't mean that like you exclude yourself in your radiant attitude. It is something that flows through you, but through that flowing through you, you know, you are equally uplifted. And so if it means that you have to take care of yourself in certain scenarios, if you have to care for yourself in certain areas, so that that flow can continue to be radiant. Uh, that is what I view as a accurate view of the positive polarity. I don't think it means excluding yourself to the point of essentially martyrdom and, uh, being like doing that will then you know preclude you from being able to serve others in the future if you just ignore yourself within that equation and similarly you know uh people view service to self as anything that benefits the self uh, can be viewed as service to self and that is you know similarly false i think especially with these terms service to others and service to self we have to focus on the idea that they are primarily in uh, the social sphere, relation, our relationships to others, also our relationship to ourself, but a service to self entity, if it has a relationship with another entity, that relationship, if they are polarizing negatively, will be bent upon controlling that person, trying to figure out how they can manipulate that relationship to benefit the self. And that is a much larger, much more extreme manifestation of you know serving yourself than just you know taking care of yourself and making sure you have the right boundaries in place in your relationships in order to not be infringed upon and stuff like that so i see that misconception sometimes you know with service to others we are challenged to step outside of our comfort zone it, uh you know taking care of ourselves doesn't mean you know, being stagnant and just staying where we are and not challenging ourselves. And like Jim uh, was referencing Carla saying, not, it's not just finding that idea that of the choice and then sitting on it. It is constantly meeting the challenges that life gives to us, which are going to be uh, uncomfortable. They're going to be difficult and we have to continue exercising the will and faith, but that doesn't necessarily mean we have to, you know, ruin ourselves in the process. Uh, Gary, do you have any other misconceptions? 
Uh, no, not misconceptions. I do want to say one thing that isn't about misconceptions, though. Yeah, uh, I guess we can move on to any final thoughts to share on polarity. Uh, just that I mentioned non-duality and duality, and then you mentioned it too. And I just wanted to give a little plug for Ra here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's that I, it's, it's a very tricky subject, very, one of the most exceedingly difficult and language to navigate because it, it, it's a paradox and does not yield itself to resolution through language whatsoever but it can be done more skillfully and less skillfully in fact um it was i saw um some among the listeners may recognize the name diana roy she was doing it with such exceptional skill that it caused me to reach out to her um to seek her editing feedback which eventually led to her being sorry my dog is scratching his collar right now hey coops cooper thanks bud uh led to her working on uh, LL Research's recent most published book, uh, A Concept Guide. And the non-duality and duality is essentially what I understand to be the mother of all paradoxes. So there's n- not a tier higher. Um, it's the same paradox as the one and the many and infinity and inf- infinity. And this question of polarity comes into play in that paradox too. Uh, I think... Um, both you guys did a good job uh, reconciling that. Um, but I do, I think um, in my own studies, the law of one as with service to others and service to self represents or offers the most elegant reconciliation of that paradox in so far as language can take one. And uh, I hope we never do a podcast on the subject because <laughs> It would just be extra dry and abstracty, but um, I don't know. I just wanted to to say that of what little use that was. And that's it for me, Austin. These were really good questions this episode. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, Jim, do you have any final thoughts on polarity or just general final thoughts for our listeners? Well, I have a final thought for our listeners. I think I've uh, run dry on polarity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But my final thought for our visitors, listeners and visitors, is that we are always grateful that you who are our listeners and friends join us for these podcasts as you help to give meaning to our lives and our desire to be of service to others. I think that all of us are most desirous of polarizing our consciousness in service to others. And I think that we can do that the most effectively and continuously by opening our hearts to the consciousness of love that created the universe and exists in every moment of our lives and sharing that love in some way with everyone that we meet. We love you all and look forward to being with you again. Thank you, Jim. And uh, thank you also, Gary. You have been listening to 
the LL Research Law of One podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed the show. You can find more from LL Research at lrresearch.org and bringforth.org. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting the podcast. Of course, thank you again to Jim and to Gary. And if you have a question or a topic that you think would be good for us to discuss on this podcast, please read our instructions at www.lrresearch.org slash podcast. We love you all, and we will talk with you next time.